I'm going to make porchetta that won't make people have diarrhea. <laughs> but I just wanted to get into making porchetta. I just wanted to get into making porchetta. Everyone kept telling us, ate it. You should start a podcast about food. So we did it. Each episode features a legit guest from the food industry. Real talk interviews, diving into their come up stories, favorite dishes, and their take on food news. But mostly, we're just forking around. What up, what up, Aided fam? I've been looking forward to this day for a while. This guy means a lot to Aided. He's an incredible pizzaiolo. He's the ingredient plug to a lot of your favorite New York City restaurants. He's the prince of porchetta. We're going to talk yeah. about his story, porchetta pop-ups, and probably need to edit a lot of this episode, but mostly, yeah. we're just forking around. Yeah. Welcome to yeah. the show, Chef Angelo Compatello. How you doing, guy? What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Not much. I got cotton mouth and I'm drinking cranberry juice with no ice. So this is going to be a, a very good interview. That sounds so dry. <laughs> I, I decided we'll replicate the, the FDR fireside chats, except with no radio. But yeah, we got a little, get a little romantic Look in my home kitchen. Look at that vibe. Vibe curator. What, what, kind of, what kind of oven is that? That's a Pavesi oven from Modena. I get it from uh, my buddies at Fort Sephorni. We took this whole wall out. It was windows and a wall, ripped it out, put an oven on the side of the house and like drove rebar into the driveway and i love it man well let's let's start off by giving uh our listeners who don't know you at all a little bit of background um tell us a little bit about how you got started in the food industry very young my father had ans pork stores since before i was born i was told nine or ten years old i was peeling onions and eventually boning out pork for sausage that was my after school activity, but it was, uh, it started that way. And then, you know, it was always meant to be, I was supposed to be a lawyer or a doctor. Don't do what I do for my father. You know, I fell in love with it. So I stuck with it, but you know, I went from butchering to cooking a little bit, you know, running the counter back and forth. It was I think till I was 25 and then I opened my store in uh white Cloth, New Jersey, which I sold last year. Now it's a different story. I'm doing a lot of events, doing a lot of pop-ups and used to travel around the country cooking with Fort Forney, with Urbani truffles. Now it's just uh, here and there trying to beat the COVID nonsense, but that's it. That's my story. Now I'm unemployed and having fun making food. Love it. As he takes a sip from a red solo cup. What a legend. Yeah, right. Well, um, you know, a, a lot of what you do revolves around porchetta. I think that's that's where you got you've yeah. got a, a lot of your exposure from. Tell us a little bit about why why porchetta, like why that one thing. All right. Years ago, I went. I was in Rome, and I, I try to go to Italy as often as possible before the travels bans and all that. Um, and I always loved pork. My whole family was pork sausage, making sausage after school. You know, doing everything we had. It was it was just part of what we did. So I fell in love with you know porchetta, street food. I was in Rome, walking the uh, Appia Antica, the old you know road built by the Romans two thousand years ago. And there's this crazy like side street, modern street that cuts it. So I walk down. I see pork at the truck and i'm like whoa and this is maybe my second time in italy so it was so exciting for me went there the guy didn't like me i was american but you know i got a classic sandwich nothing on it it was the only thing i actually shared with my ex-wife that day and we were both violently ill for two days in a hotel in rome by the spanish steps last minute trip <laughs> paid out my ass for a pretty shitty hotel and I threw up and shit my brains out, blowing mud for like three, two, three days. <laughs> so, this is not where so I, I saw the story going, but okay. <laughs> no, yeah, so, so yeah, exactly. It's, listen, it's all about the sweet and the sour, my friend. So uh, like a zombie walking around Rome, chain smoking cigarettes, horrible feeling. 
by the time I got back, and it wasn't like this crazy inspirational movie part where it was like, I'm going to make porchetta that won't make people have diarrhea. <laughs> but I just wanted to get into making porchetta. I just wanted to get into making porchetta. So I tried a bunch of ways for a while. And uh, what I do isn't traditional. Uh, it's a version of which most people don't do traditional, except, you know, the places in Rome and Aricia where it's from. But, you know, over the years, I just messed with it, got better and better. And then, you know, started making it like Mama's Two in the City was my first one. It was a holiday party for Frank. We had just met, became friends. Then we did the Beard House. It was the entree for the James Beard House, which was kind of cool, serving huge slabs of greasy, crispy pork to people. You know, and then uh, you must have been just hit at that party. It, you know, and it was really popular and I was like blown away because it's it's something that to me is something I love, but it's just simple. It's, you know, it's not fancy. There was no microgreens. It was no foams. It was just fat and pork and, and it was just, it was perfect. And then just from there, just traveling to Fort Sephorny, traveling to cook around the country, make a porchetta in Texas, California, Vegas, you know, and plans, the plans were to make it in Italy, you know, last year, but you know, it's on hold, but it's going to happen. That's yeah. awesome. Can you can you describe the process for us of making the porchetta? Tell us the love story. Well, traditionally, I mean, it's it's about it's about the pig. I mean, traditionally, it's a whole boned out pig, usually head left on, you know, leg meat stuffed back in, rolled. Mine's more of like a midsection, which most people do, like kind of a tronquette, they're trying to midsection of it. And um, honestly, it's just fresh herbs, fresh garlic. A lot of salt because people are scared of salt but when you have a big ass piece of meat you know and um time I, I let mine marinate i let it you know get ready to be uh you know to be cooked to get crispier it's it's not a one day process for me it's ideally it's a five to seven day process for me from sourcing getting the work wow. and uh, spicing it's uh it's tedious and i have crazy like calluses here from tying from tying uh porchettas over the years but it, i love it it's fun it's messy and disgusting and delicious messy disgusting and delicious that sounds that yeah, sounds my perfect. Autobiography. yeah <laughs> that's the title of your autobiography i love that um so when you when you mentioned that like it's not the traditional way that italians make it what what is the difference mm -hmm. and what and why do they get upset well, about the, the way you make it exactly the traditional way is literally the whole pig and it's it's split it's deboned while left whole and then seasoned sometimes with barely anything, sometimes with just salt, which is amazing. And then tied right back where mine is like what a lot of people do is the pig parts, the midsection. I love my specific areas of the pig, but traditionally you would see in Rome or in, in Arich on the streets and this big monstrous thing and they're just carving it in half. That's the, that's the difference. It's kind of like your, uh, I don't want to say Susie Homemaker version of it, but what is it? <laughs> like it's, it's the best way I can make it for the way I like it with enough fat and enough crisp and enough flavor. Basically. The thing I, I like about what you're doing is like, it's, it's not only the, the non-traditional way of making it, but the way that you're serving it and the collaborations and the pop-ups that you're doing, the stuff that you're doing with mamas too. I know you did the porchetta sandwich, then you went to sette pani and you did the cornetto. I, I even think you did a, you did a ramen collab too, right? Yeah, we did ramen in Doylestown, Connecticut, my friend's place, Rocky Ramen. We messed around and just wanted to try it, and it was so good. It was, like, ridiculous. We did also the bow buns with that, but I've done it at, I mean, Brick and Dough, Montclair, New Jersey. I've done it at Keste, and Fulton Street has had it the most. It's been on the menu there for quite a while, and I've done the biggest events, and, the and you know, 
especially since COVID slowed everything down at, at that place. And it's still always part Roberto puts it in calzone. He just puts it in pizza. It sometimes just cuts you a chunk and gives you a piece to chew on. It's the best. I'm in, I'm in restaurants and I'm doing little pops. We've done it sliced in and we've done big chunks handing to people. We've done it pretty much every like way we've used skin as bread and made sandwiches with it. We've done, yeah, whatever works, but it's been fun. You know, it's been, it's been an experience. I get to work with every, every case has been a friend. So it's like helping each other out, just having a good time. It's not even so much about the business part of it. It's like, what can we do? I mean, it's been in everywhere from restaurants to markets, Sansone market in Long Island. And, uh, you know, it's been fun every time. We're going to Philly. We're going probably Boston eventually. It's 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 been a weird like thing. It used to be in my store and occasional events in the city, and now it's like gonna be everywhere. I love that. I I, I remember the day that I met you. I met you at Setapani, and you mm-hmm. you were scoping the place out. You were you were we you were checking it all out, but I didn't know that. And uh, there we are, just kind of like eating a lot of these different Italian pastries that Belena was was giving us, and then. You're like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about doing a, a collab here. And then next thing you know, one month later, it was on yeah. Eat It. You were promoting it everywhere. It was amazing. I think um, that was great. one of the things that I remember you, you showing me was a bunch of people back in Italy that were up in arms about what had been done with the Cornetto. Like, what, how, do you, how do you handle that yeah. kind of criticism from the motherland when you're out here innovating, doing really cool stuff? Well, one thing that I think I've done a lot of research and study my whole life is traditional Italian food. And I've done the majority of my career besides Italian American, which our stores were, you know, based, based around, I've done a ton of traditional stuff. I mean, going to Genova being made a, a taste ambassador to the city of Genova. So I make, it just makes me laugh at this point. I mean, this, some guy does this horrible, oh, I got a text. Some guy does this horrible, uh, you know, thing on internet about, you know, his trips to places with Italian food and, the majority of his followers are from Italy and there's things they don't like. And I get it. There's things we do about anybody who doesn't like, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I have always paid like homage to tradition and to, you know, traditional dishes and methods and practices, but I like to fuck around too. And I don't care. I mean, these guys were like losing their minds. <laughs> cornetto, to me, listen, I'm a purist. I go to Italy. I want a Cornetto with the apricot marmalade every fucking day. I don't care. And I get it, and I love that too. But you know, it tastes pretty damn good on on a uh, with porchetta and and we put stracciatella, we put we put pesto and cherry tomatoes. There's a fine line. I mean, uh, I've always been a person that tradition first and respect first, but I also like to just have fun. It's food. Who cares? It tastes good. Look at Italy now. They're they're making huge cheeseburgers this big with pistachio all over it and huge burratas with like with like fried potatoes. And where are the jerk offs still? But you know, I love both ways. <laughs> I love it both ways. I love the straight and I'll get pissed off at a people who don't say like carbonara in the style of carbonara and they put hams and shit in it, but it's good. Just, you know, you know, you gotta just, you gotta just define a separation. And I'm not trying to say I'm making something that's what they made starting at each whatever, a hundred years ago or whatever. But you know, it's my version. It's fun. It's not like you're doing stuff for the gram. Like you see these crazy videos on TikTok no. and Instagram of people doing over the top stuff and it probably tastes like shit. Like what you're doing is thoughtful, yeah. it's strategic, and it tastes good. Yeah, I mean, it's only done because I wanted it to taste that way. I wanted my product to be that way. It has nothing to do with, look, to make a uh, the, the pig, the way, the fat in my porchetta, you'd need like a 500-pound pig. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that wouldn't be so easy delivering to Keste in my in my friggin' GMC terrain with a, with a, with a 500-pound pig strapped to the back. That would, that would go great in the Lincoln Tunnel. How you doing? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll be the first person to stand up for traditional Italian. And I love, I have a lot of friends in Italy, family in Italy, a lot of chef friends in Italy, and we love each other's work. It doesn't matter who cares. Well, you know, a lot of these pop ups and collabs you've been doing for a while, I think, I think this summer is going to be the summer of pop ups and collabs. I don't know what uh, about you, but what's your, what's your plan this summer for pop ups? Well, honestly, like I still have some places I want to hit and there's a lot of stuff that I've been dying. To, I've been dying to like do something with Apollonia's Pizza in LA. Justin is one of my favorite pizza makers. And I never tried his pizza and we talk all the time about, you know, doing stuff together. I want to go back to Vegas. I want I think the pop-ups are going to be strong, stronger, obviously, because people are more comfortable. Things are open more. And, um, you know, barring any COVID vaccine passport bullshit, I think I'll be bouncing around all over, you know. That'll be me if, if it works out. I have other things in, in, in progress that's like a more stationary business things that we'll talk about someday soon. But um, other than that, I plan on getting to all my friends in Colorado and Vegas and, and Arizona and just having fun. Poor for the plane. people. Let's go. Yeah. I want to, you know, I mean, I, I want to do other things too, but Porchetta's got to come along. It's, it's part of it. I love it. No, yeah, I, I've, I've already checked it under the plane in coolers, but now it's time to put that bitch in in, uh, in first class, class <laughs> first class. <work. laughs> so oh, you know, with you, that's awesome. Going around the country, popping up, bringing porchetta to the people sounds amazing. What do you think is yeah. the, the biggest challenge doing pop ups? The biggest challenge for me is working somewhere I've never worked. Uh, luckily, I, I, everywhere I've worked, except for one douchebag, everybody's been so cool and supportive. I worked in my store for 12 years. Before that, I worked 17 years in my father's store and occasionally at a cousin's store, another location we had, whatever. To go in a kitchen you don't know or to go in a, just an atmosphere you don't know is the only challenging thing to me. But l- luckily, it's been like I've been there either a couple times just supplying the product, the other times actually making the sandwiches, doing everything myself. Luckily, like everybody's been like helpful. I'm walking around like, where are the knives? We have knives here. Like, you know, I'm like that meme of, of uh, which is they like John Travolta going in the walk-in box from Pulp Fiction. Like that's me. That's been the only challenge. But other than that, it's been, and traveling all over the place. Like I used to be totally like pissed about being too stuck in my store a lot, even though, yeah. you know, the events were fun once, twice a month. But now it's like, I'm putting like 2000 miles a week on my truck, traffic everywhere. You know? But other than that, it's for me, it's so fun. It's, it's not, it's, it's, there's almost no negative side. I get to feed different people all the time and have fun with my friends and make food. It's like, can't beat that. Well, yeah, that's that's the best. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot is like the discoverability of pop-ups and how a lot of these pop-ups and restaurants that drop like exclusive dishes, they kind of, mm-hmm. it feels like everyone's really handcuffed to Instagram, no? Like when you let people know about your pop-up, it's through Instagram, right? Well, I'm I'm the worst to talk about that because- with all the things being big now, like, like TikTok, I, the Snapchat thing, I tried for a second. I hated it. it. Just then the TikTok thing, I actually just posted my first TikTok against my will the other day. I'm always like, you know, I'm so busy with Instagram, even if I don't have a ton of followers, but it's so busy. How can I do another one? But like when you guys have that limited edition part, it's actually not just scrolling through Instagram and wondering who's a pop-up. It's that you go to limited edition, it tells you like, there's nothing that's, really tells you and Instagram with algorithms 
90% of my follow my followers don't even see my posts. Never mind read my news. You know, so besides I've I've relied on stories and I relied on cross promotion with whoever I'm doing the poppers with stories. But you know, if once once you started letting like when I, I remember I called you, I was like brick and dough. I'm like, oh shit, we're putting out the sandwich. And in, in five minutes you had the sandwich and the pizza on the limited edition. And but it's just way better than wondering i've missed pop-ups i mean i've a lot of people do you know you don't you don't catch everything there's not like maybe i'm wrong but i don't know if there's a specific space that says this week in you know and yeah, I'll no, it, so. it just happened the other day i was um what was it i was scrolling through instagram and it was a post about the the shrimp they did a shrimp uh collab with shake shack it was shake shack and attaboy they did a shrimp patty burger and I was like, yo, this looks good. I started sending it to all my friends that were in New York at that, that day. And then I realized after I sent it to everyone, it was a post from two days ago. And it was only available for one day. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, that's the worst. You can't do it. I mean, that, I remember years ago before, like, internet was like all the things we do and, and our hands and everything. I'm missing concerts and stuff like that. And it's pop-ups happen regularly. I'm Thankfully, I, like, talk to enough people where I'll get a heads up most of the time. But, you know, you're right. Even with that Shake Shack thing. I saw it on the stories and I was like, oh, cool. And it was like, oh, it was 22 hours ago. Yep. Gone. <laughs> you know, like, I, that's why, like, you know, you need some, like, with all information, everything we all do and on our phones and all the apps, it, it's nice to have, like, a way to say, all right, here's a notification or here's a, a section you could just check once in a while. Yeah. Like, like we all do for your weather and shit all day and just see it. And that, that's the, I think it, it is a handcuff thing. And I, I know it is for me. Yeah, I mean, for, for those of you that are listening to this that don't have ate it, um, what Angelo is talking about is a section in the app that features all the pop-ups um, that are happening in New York City and L.A. At, right now that are near you in that moment, that are available in that moment. Wherever I am. Or wherever you are. You know, like, like he said, you search best pop-ups New York on Google and you might get like an article of, you know, a bunch of pop-ups that might not be happening or maybe happening and then you have to go do your all your research to figure out if they're even there where they are and all that kind yeah. of shit so th this part of the app is, is something that we have a lot of heart for and it's about supporting people like angelo that are doing really cool shit and helping you find it when you're hungry because that's when it matters listen i love complication i love making salumi and dough and taking five days to make pizza but this is instant gratification and like it has to be instant gratification i'm like come on how many fucking G's do I need? You know, it's all about fast and that's the thing. to concentrate stuff and, and, and keep things. Listen, not everybody cares about pop-ups like we do and that's fine. They, they can go live their miserable lives, but we care. We want to eat and I want to eat. Sometimes the most exciting food is when there's two people in the food business getting together. Even if you don't, you know, Danny Bowen and Anthony Mangieri, two amazing food people and they did a pop-up. If you've missed that, how could you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. You you know, had it's to like be the there. Beatles came down. Somebody didn't have TV, didn't see Ed Sullivan. They missed the whole thing, and then fucking John's dead. And we're like, "What happened?" You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's totally. It's it's totally the same thing as a concert for sure. It's like one of those yeah. things you just had to be there for. Um, yep. What are, What are some of your uh, favorite pop ups in New York that aren't yours? Oh uh, well, I love the Shake Shack collabs. I'm John. I'm friends with John, chef of Shake Shack, and he did the Mama's Two thing, which I missed. But I was actually working that day, so that I give that excuse. Otherwise, I would have been sleeping in a sleeping bag outside of Shake Shack waiting for that thing. <laughs> yeah, I love the I love the like uh, Anthony Mangieri with the with the uh, Mortensons ice cream and and also Linda Street doing that because I'm still hectic busy. I've missed probably a ton, and and there's still more I'm always looking to find about. But 
that always comes to mind of Danny Bowen when I mentioned Mission Chinese food and Una Pizza Napolitana. Like, how does that, you know, it's crazy. Totally. You know, stuff like that is, and then it's, there's a lot of collaborations that go on all the time that aren't like an event or a pop-up. There's people that have, you know, are making stuff like in the vein of, or inspired by, you know, other people. And that's cool. But I'm looking forward to, to more myself. I mean, Gotham Burger Social Club just did with Hoodoo yep. Brown Barbecue. This past Saturday. Yesterday. Yeah, last yesterday, I, and I wanted to go, but I was uh, unfortunately it was, it was well not unfortunately, but I was cooking for a wedding, a small like intimate wedding, and I was only like thirty minutes away, so I was just totally oh. panicked. But I missed it. But I, I mean, it was, it was all right because three days earlier I ate two two doubles, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. But, you know, shit. But you know, those are that's what excites me. It's especially stuff that I don't do. Like I want, I want that the most. You know, yeah. I want, I want to, and I look forward to doing stuff like that. The the, the ramen started it. I want to do taco pop-ups. I want to do fucking everything with porchetta or without, you know, just it's fun. Yeah. That, that smash burger by Mike Puma is memorable to say the least. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I love it. And it's, and it's always, you know, I don't say consistent in a sense. It's always consistently satisfying. It's like, uh, I mean, ruin your shirt, driving home, you got pickles everywhere and you know, you get the, and if you don't get the double, I don't know if we can, talk anymore i mean what's the point exactly that he should start giving out like extra t-shirts at his pop-ups like here put this hanes white tea yeah, right? on while you eat this he's <laughs> a throwaway piece why not it's, it's lobster bibs that's it i'm gonna pitch it to my instead of lobster bibs is gotham bibs and it's just the cheap ass white ones and you know the ones with the wide ass collar that curl up a lot like this and you feel like you're like yeah i got a fucking turtleneck on or something you know what i'm saying the worst. really it's like long. a mock turtleneck um so angelo tell me you're 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 doing the pop-ups you're gonna plan on you know traveling the country bringing porchetta to the people what's your what's your end goal like you trying to be on tv food network like no. what's, what's the what's the goal no, here my, what's the light at the end of the tunnel my end my end goal is to get uh open places open a new place i want there's so many designs I love, so many things I want to do with food. And, and my biggest thing over the last 11 months has been trying to figure out what the hell to do next because I want to do a million things and I love doing a million things. But that's really it. The end goal is to eat and to eat it in different zip codes and to feed people. That's it. <laughs> not, not trying to be TV famous. No, I, you need some crazy angles for me. I've put on some weight. I mean, you need like – you need. <laughs> I think – I think I'd only be on shows with their with their camera guy, six foot nine. It's like you know, look at this. Ready for this, Angelo? Look, Brad Pitt. Come on. <laughs> no, but, but no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn down TV. I've, I've I was on uh, Stanley Tucci's show for a, a two seconds. You saw my back when he was walking through the train station. I thought I recognized your back. Yeah, you uh, you would recognize my bad. And, uh, that's I gotta throw up an IMDb. Uh, no, but I like my porchetta has been on uh, for a second on the you know lo- like what's Good Day New York, and I've been like you saw my porchetta on Guy Fieri's show when he did uh, Roberto from from Castillo's yep. like revisit. But I don't know. I wouldn't turn down TV. It's just like I'm not. I'm not. I'm never a person who's gonna like be a cookie cutter or anything. So I don't know. Is there TV left I can be on? I don't know. I think the general population thinks that like when you're on TV, it means you're rich and famous. But actually, to me, I think after talking to a lot of these guys, like they're kind of just famous. Like they don't, you don't make a lot of money working for the Food Network or something like that. Oh, for Food Network, yeah. I guess it's all about branding from there. I mean, obviously, you go, you got a platform. So then, what you do as a businessman from there, 
to whatever extent you want is where probably the money is, I would assume. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like anything, like as I'm holding wood, it's just weird. But um, <laughs> Feed the fire. Yeah. I know. But uh, it's same thing with like music. I mean, we're not talking Lady Gaga, but my friends my whole life who are in heavy metal bands, especially death metal, stuff like that. It's like, wow, these guys are pretty famous, especially in China and Europe. And well, I don't think China allows music, but you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but then they have day jobs. I mean, one, one guy was one of the most famous death metal dudes. I, he, was a, he was a friend back in the day when I was doing music for a little while. He, uh, he was delivered milk. He would do concerts and fucking tear it up and then deliver milk to your local diner. And I'd be eating eggs hungover. Like, uh. I guess as you get the, if you get the torch, how do you run with it? Like, you know what I mean? Like you could totally. be on TV forever. I'm sure, you know, there's a way to make a, a living. But if you go from there and make a character or just people like the character you are, which is what I prefer, then you can you can do it from there. You know, I want action figures mostly myself. I would I would so, definitely uh, take a Angie Babes action figure. Bobblehead. Sure. I want all the bad shit that nobody buys anymore. Like we gotta look at it. We gotta go, basically drive to Florida, stop like three quarters of the way, and everything they sell at those gas stations, I want my face on. Angie Babes bobbleheads coming coming it's to the kind of useless stuff though. I want a, like a mount for a, a GPS like everybody used to have in their car. Nobody uses that shit anymore, but I want it made. <laughs> I don't want to waste plastic per se, but at least it's not going to the ocean. But like, you know, but no, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm never big on that whole like, you know, gimmick or famous thing. And I mean, if you get it and you're cool, then you deserve it. I don't know. Fame to me more is I want to walk down the street and be like, yo, that poor cat, the sandwich was fucking dude. Yeah. That's what I want. I don't you want the food, you want the food to be famous, not you. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's that's what it's all about. I mean, it's it, unfortunately we are Americans do it with everything. We attach a face, a name, and it becomes a, a brand over a product or a product placement, whatever you want to call. But you know, it's uh, I wouldn't turn down being famous, but it wouldn't last long. I would crash and burn quick. <laughs> I would be that guy, huge, famous, quick, and then all of a sudden I'm working at Panera, and I want to be that guy that everybody walks in and is like, hey, isn't that that guy? I want I'm going to be that guy. So let's you make you in the limelight sounds dangerous. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it'd be fun though. It's like, remember that? Wow, that was the quickest celebrity. Fifteen seconds. <laughs> I want to be that. That's my goal. I love that. I think you know one of the things that speaking of making food famous, one of the um, things I noticed in your Instagram bio when I was clicking around was a, a, a link to something called lard bread. Oh, yeah. How do we make lard oh. bread famous? Because that sounds fucking well, delicious. <laughs> here's the thing. This And the article talks about it. They they focused on, I think, uh, I want to say three places, and I was one of them, or I was one of, the, one of the three people. And lard bread has a lot of different interpretations, especially now. What most people know as lard bread is that bread you get, like, at crazy places in Brooklyn, Staten Island, or the Bronx. Like, you know, it's usually some kind of ham or salami. And normally they cook it with some kind of lard in the dough or in like the, the, the baking, you know, whatever they're baking it in. There's places in Jersey that use sausage more. What? So it's, it's, it's got a broad, broad example, but basically it's like celebration of pork and lard and something that, that has been fun for me. And when we did that article. I was kind of like the only one who made it a different way. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, I mean, it's one of those things that scares the hell out of people. You think about eating lard bread, but it's not like you're not chunk. It's not like putting butter in Wonder Bread and just biting. It's, it's you use lard. In this it, 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 it needs a rebranding. Salt. I think the name yeah. the name definitely scares people away. But I like that part of it. You know what I mean? Like I want some like to be because it's it is what it is, and it's got to. I don't want to soften it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like you want something that's like true. It, that's it true. That's true. I I think getting lard bread and that's something it it became harder to do it like uh, for events and stuff. So I started making pizza with the topping with like the the lard part, and uh, people loved it. It's like then you tell them what it is. It's like oh, the guy you know I would never hand somebody like fucking iguana fucking gizzards if they even have gizzards, but like. <laughs> You think of lard bread, and the way mine is made is much of the lard is gone. It's just part of the cooking process. It's a confit. It's like you eat duck confit, you eat fucking pretty much same shit, but right. different animal. That'll be in the in the uh, south of the border store with my face on it. Just a lard bread, a moldy lard bread. Well, hopefully it gets popular enough. We can make a category for it and ate it. Just lard, the lard bread category. Oh yeah, no. Next, I'm gonna do a pop up. Next pop up, I'm gonna offer lard bread in some way, just so we could put it on there. I love that'll that. Be, that'll be fun. Yeah, right the pork is like. Limited edition, all that. Just pork, lard. pork is life was uh, is a category and ate it that was conceived by by Angelo. He texted me one day and he was like, "Hey, dude, you've got a lot of categories in here. I see chicken, <laughs> I see spicy food, I see pho, I see ramen. Where's the pork is life category?" I love that. <laughs> that, that. That you. I don't know if you remember. I was so elated. It was like. <laughs> It was like you, you told me it was a good size. I just felt like great. It was like that kind of feeling. I was like, <laughs> I love it. I want a shirt that shows the wheel, the arrows on pork is life. And I want uh, we can make, we can make that happen. That'll be that'll be a, a custom custom merch piece for you. Done. I like it. Oh, but yeah. let's keep talking about other other food here that isn't yours. Um, when you're yeah. in when you're in the city. Okay. I know you 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 tend to go to a lot of the pizza places that serve by the pie, but when you're getting a slice, what's your go-to slice in the city? Oh, in the city, Manhattan city, or we're we doing like the city city. Let's let's go Manhattan city. With Mama's Two is in like a different category in its own. And, True. And what I will say about Mama's Two is, I've always loved the square, and lately I'm a slice. I'm a I'm a I'm a house pie guy. Like that's I, you know what? Like it's hard with Mama's Two when we did. When we did the beard house together, we served the pizza there. I knew it was like something, something special. And it's still to this day, I go see Frankie gives me a fucking box, like full of a slice of everything or new pies. Oh my God. Yeah, right. You end up putting yourself in a total mind frame of thinking about slice joints and mama's too can't fit that mold as good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for a slice. We all know Joe's. We all know every John. There's 4,000 rays, but I don't know. I mean, my, my buddy Dom's making stuff at Zazzy's. That's cool. Zazzy's has been uh, getting a lot of press lately. Yeah, there's um I rarely order a slice of anything. I mean, I don't know if we've met, but we kind of ate. You're a you whole pie a, guy no matter what. You know, it's usually pies, but you know, when it comes to Manhattan, I'd say that I go. But I love the old school places. They still serve pies though too, like Patsy's and, and all that. So it's like Yeah. But no, I would say me, I go Linda Street, Brooklyn. I know it's not Manhattan, but it's, it's okay. right over the bridge. You know, stuff like that. But uh it's hard for me to choose anything favorite when it comes to food. Favorite burger? Well, I have to say the Gotham Smash Burger. I mean, it's not – obviously, he doesn't have a, a brick-and-mortar place, but it's – I went like once a week in the fall. That's, mm -hmm. that's hands down my favorite burger right now. But there's a lot more I haven't tried. I mean, there's actually a ton I haven't tried. I, I had one at the Smith. That, that was good. I want okay. to try the Manetta. Also, like, I finally tried the Peter Luger burger. That was great. They're all so different. But if I had to pick one, that may be the only one right now I could say 100%, like, when it comes to food is the Gotham burgers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I know you and I have a soft spot for Vietnamese food. I've noticed over Instagram. We both yeah. post Vietnamese food a lot. Um, what's, your, what's, what's the bowl of pho that you can't live without? 
I go to Little Vietnam and in, in Nyack, New York, in, in West Chester, well, Rockland County, all the time. It used to be they had three locations. One was in Ridgewood, and it was kind of like Ridgewood, New Jersey, kind of like a little a little fancier. Then there was one in Spring Valley, and just the mother, who was the mother of the whole rest the group restaurant group and now they all unfortunately those two closed down and they're just in nyack new york and mm-hmm. i mean i go there with friends and we order so much stuff and at least two types of pho and the bun the beef stew and all that that's my spot lately i can't get enough and it's only like 18 minutes from my house it's oh, crazy the best it's like a warm blanket yeah. for your stomach it's the best do you get a do you get oh, yeah. do you get beef or uh chicken I go beef. I've done the chicken, but I, I go with the beef. And I and I appreciate when you get it when it has the the meat still raw or rareish on it. But I you know it's it's sometimes I notice it's harder to find that. But like and I understand it, especially when you have a full restaurant. Like you throw once it goes in there, that shit's cooking. So you better get yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, <laughs> beef is my first always. That's the always love that. Unless it's ramen, then it's as much fucking pork as you could fit in a bowl <laughs> <laughs> and broth. Well, for for those of you listening and 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 like what what Angelo has to say about his food, all of his recommendations are in the app. He's one of the first uh, official Ate It critics in the New York area, so you literally can just hit the hangry button and hit the filter button and sort by Angelo Compatello, and you can see all his top recommended dishes in one place. So, just a just a heads up in case you're just getting hungry from hearing him talk. That's what you can do right in this moment is download, eat it, and see every eat like Angelo. Yeah, and you know what? I'm glad you guys got me into that. It's really awesome. But also, I like that I've put some places around here in northern Jersey. I put some places in Nyack. I've gone as far as Philly, Florida. I did a place, like one or two places at least. And just everywhere I go, there's uh, you know, there's going to be the worst part is when you don't get good lighting and a shitty picture, which ain't it's all cool, not about doctoring pictures, but if you can't see the food, it's even harder. And I eat romantically 90% of the time, but uh, but yeah, no, that's what's cool about it because now I can hit that hangry button, I'm hangry button now, and uh, by my house and shit comes up. It's almost it's mostly my shit, but it's like you know, that's why I can't wait till this you guys are like national because. I hate Yelp and all that shit and all fake, you know, people waxing intellectually about shit they don't know. But, you know, you're in the middle of somewhere and it's like, I want to find something to eat. So, like, I want to travel. Somebody should pay me, not you guys, or maybe you guys. You should pay <laughs> maybe one me day. To travel <laughs> Just the one a day. That's 365 posts a day. We could do like 10 cities a week. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic idea. And I, and I can attest that Angelo's photos are better than the ones that you'll see on Yelp from the Karens out there. So, even though he, oh, he, he, he tries to play it humble, his photos are, are, are legit. You know, we obviously love the fact that you're a critic on Ate It and you just wrapped your arms around the brand and, and the product and, and we appreciate that so much. We're, sure. we're trying to re- redefine what, it, what the word critic even means because mm-hmm. back in the day, like a critic was, you know, some guy that had a, like a fake name that went into a restaurant and was eating and, you know, would shred a restaurant in an article. Um, and and that that was kind of like the the old school mentality of the critic and then the internet empowered the karen and now with instagram there's the rise of the food influencer which i know is a topic that you've been waiting to discuss i love that movie chef when he tears apart the critic and uh because that's what everybody should be doing to everybody who gives everybody bad reviews i went i had delivery from one of my favorite places the other night 
And it took an hour and a half and five phone calls and miscommunications and finally got my food. And you know what? Shit happens. Maybe because I've been in the food business, I understand it a little more. But I'm not writing them a bad review. Especially the food was still great. It was just give me my food. I don't give a shit. So, like, <laughs> people still got to pay their bills, you know? I mean, it's I get offended by people who phone it in or misrepresent or use shit products or arrogance with their food. And fine. I just don't eat there. I won't go there. But... We're in a day and age where people's main goal is to bring people down. And they don't realize that it's not just like, oh, they're not cool on the internet anymore. No, it's people have jobs, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, there's an influencer in the city that makes my head fucking explode. And 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 one of them actually like trashed a restaurant really bad in their story. And I unfollowed immediately because I don't care if the restaurant was from somebody rich and famous and there's corporations and investors behind it. There's a busboy, there's a waiter. There's a waitress, there's a chef, and they all got to make money off that restaurant. If the food, you don't like the food, don't go. Somebody else is going to. There's somebody who's going to tell you that they hate my porchetta. Okay, go eat another porchetta then. Don't tell people that you don't like stuff. Nobody cares anyway. Like, I mean, we've all looked at reviews, and I've, I won't lie and say I'll, th- I'll throw on Yelp, and I'll just go through 20, 30 reviews and kind of get a consensus. You can read one thing somebody says, and they start talking, and like, this person knows shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm part of Facebook groups where – Tons of opinion, and you're allowed to have opinion. Fine, I'm allowed to to tell you're a jerk off. You know, if you're if you're doing it in a way that's going to damage a business. You know, I mean, right? It, we're 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 in a time where people are so anti-bullying, and bullying sucks. I was bullied as a kid, but it made me stronger. It doesn't do that to everybody, but it made me stronger. But now the bully thing is, some asshole who's never made a pizza is going to put up a post about somebody's pizza that they put their blood, sweat, and tears into it, and yeah fair say cool. good stuff or don't say anything i mean it's like i feel like i'm back in you know my, my parents house growing up I've got nothing nice to say don't say it at all because it's it's not a game it's not you know you know just like bullying kids in school when you go too far pushes people too far mm-hmm. pushes people out of business you know everybody's a critic and we should be but just shut up because it's not yeah. your point what is your you know i don't think i don't think all these people that write for magazines and stuff and and they put up bad stuff that influences the real influences is that and it's more negative than good i'm sure the thing that you just said don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all that's that's our mentality at ate it like everything in the app is 100 percent positive and that's been our mantra from the beginning because it's just like when you're hungry you don't want to fucking read negative shit you want to know what's dope so yeah. that's been our that's yeah, been our I mantra mean- forever I think, um, you know, I'm curious to you, like to give some advice to the people listening to this, like if you're on Instagram and you're following different food influencers, like how, like how do you go about vetting if they're legit or not? Like what's your process and what are some tips that, that you could give someone when they're scrolling through their feed and whether they should, you know, unfollow someone or not? Well, I'm, I'm super critical probably more than everyone, but it's for my, for my own sake, you know, um, me, I don't like gimmick. If you have something about you or your character or your food that has a thing of its own, fine. But when you either force a gimmick on someone or you decide or somebody, you know, mold who you are by a gimmick, I hate that. I hate ego should not be involved with food. I struggle with confidence in my fucking ego. I mean, the fact that people, the only ego we should have is to protect what we believe and love and want to do. But you know, ego disgusts me more than anything. Some of the best food in the world I'll never touch because I don't, I don't care. I, I don't care about the attitude or the approach from whoever makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
misrepresentation is the worst. Um, miseducation, people want to put stuff out and pretend they know what they're talking about. It's mostly just misrepresent what they know because it's what's cool or what they read from someone else or they copy. It's, plagiarism is every day in food and it's fine. It should be more of a celebration. I made this because this guy makes this. I'm making, I'm making smash burgers next week because Mike, Mike from Gotham and his burgers. Right. And he's cool as fuck. You know, that's my guidelines. And, you know, it's, it's quality food, honesty as best ingredients you can. I don't care. I like dirty water dogs with, with fucking cheap mustard too. But at the end of the day, they're not trying to pretend that they're fucking gourmet dogs. That right. The mustard harvested from a mustard plant in the middle of Indonesia by, you know, cleft palate. <laughs> you know, it's, that cart would probably crush it. though in New York. <laughs> I know. Right. We should do it. Uh, edit that. No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, it's, that's my, that's my criteria. No ego, no bullshit, no gimmick no too cool for the room is what it's all about. Like I want somebody's food to be like, fuck, I want that. And if they're cool, it makes it even better. Mm -hmm. But nowadays you can't hide. You can pretend to be somebody, but you eventually can't hide who and what you are and what your food is. And you know, there's places I've been to where they claim something's prime meat and I know it's not, or you they claim they invented something or they claim they, you know, do things a certain way or for a certain motivation and, and it's bullshit and it's now easier to find that stuff out years ago we loved all our musicians until they all came out and started talking shit about what they believe or what they did it's the same thing with food some kind of agenda of passion for it and and uh and honesty that's food that's, that's the way it's gonna be that's some solid advice man angie babes thanks for forking around I know for a fact you'll be back on the show. Um, would love you to actually maybe even co-host with me one day. That's it for this episode of Forking Around. Keep your notifications on for Aid It. Find out about Angelo's next pop-up. He's popping up all over the country this summer, and we're excited for it. Thanks for being on, Angelo. Did you know that all the recommendations given on this episode can be found on Aid It? Download Aid It, the simplest way to find the best food now available on both iOS and Android. And use the secret password to get in, FORK, F-O-R-K. Subscribe to the pod on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok, at Aided App, to see who our next guest is. Till then, stay hungry, never hangry. <laughs>